What's up, guys? Episode 28 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman. I'm with Matt Deitch again, and we're running. What's up, man? Just another wonderful day out there. That's right. Um, yeah, was able to get out and do some fishing yesterday. Went over to Spirit Lake and got after some smallmouth pretty good. That was a lot of fun. Beautiful day out there on the water. It's kind of a perfect, perfect evening for it. The bugs weren't bad, finally, for once. And it was National Go Fishing it, Day. Well, it was National Go Fishing. Yeah, National Go Fishing Day. How are you not going to go fishing on National Go Fishing Day? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I had a You're softball busy. game in You're Rock busy. Valley. You're and, busy. And I came back, went to a baseball game in Larchwood. I... Family obligations. Family obligations trump all that stuff. I'll, I'll give you that. I I'm didn't gonna... have anything to worry about, so I loaded up and went over there. I, I haven't gone fishing in four days. Four days. Five days, maybe. Starting to get that tick, aren't you? That nervous kind of that twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to your trip. I'll I just live vicariously through you. No, it was a good day. Uh, started off, got onto a little spot where the fish were pretty active and started catching them. Didn't catch a whole, I mean, didn't catch any big ones, so to say. Um, most of them were probably in that 15 to 16 inch range, but it was fun. Caught most of them on drop shot. Got a couple on jerk bait. Uh, I did finally catch one that was probably about 18 and a half. That's all right. It was a big one. Yeah. And the nice thing about that is I hooked into that one as this nice blue silver skeeter was pulling up to come and talk to me. Oh, Mr. Chad Lorith. Never so, heard of her. So, so, I had a, so I had to catch it in front of him, but I don't think he saw me catching it because he was too busy hooting and hollering over there about something. At first, I thought... Uh, I thought I was gonna have to call nine one. I didn't know, you know, guy his age if he was having a heart attack or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, he was making all kinds of weird noises over there. Tied into a drum, didn't he? No, he, <laughs> he tied into a huge bluegill. I think it was like ten, like right around ten, even maybe over ten inches long. No kidding. Yeah, he's he was yelling over there that he might need me to take a picture for him, and but he luckily got that picture by himself. So, yep. So that's how it started. That's. How it went, I was able to talk to him. And then another time, too, another good story about Chad over there that he probably was hoping I wasn't going to tell you, but he, I think he knew he's, I was going to tell you. I was sitting there fishing, and he was kind of fishing around me, and I was watching him. He was on his phone talking, and I looked over there, and one of his rods was just doubled over, bent back there, <laughs> just, just going. And I watched for a while, and nothing. He kept talking on his phone, so finally I was like, hey, are you going to catch that fish? I yelled over to him, and he's just like, what? And turned around, he's like, oh, oh, I have to call you back to whoever he was talking to. He's like, I got to let you go. I got a fish on. Yeah, it was like a 20-inch walleye or something like that. So This guy's a pro, huh? I guess. He he claims it. I mean, I got to sit over there and kind of watch his back for him. You know, he's getting up there in age. And That's very true. So, I mean, you got to kind of look out for those people while when they're out there. Well, and we got to nice. just give him credit that he's still out there. I mean... <laughs> Must have a handicap accessible dock. And good for you, Chad. Good for you. I thought I saw something hanging from that windshield of that Skeeter. I mean, I don't know. So. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> but no, it was a good night. It was fun out there talking to him and just kind of shooting the, the BS like yep. we always do with Chad. So oh, yeah. it was good seeing him. Um, but yeah, it's good fishing. I think the bite over there at Spirit Lake is the walleye bites are going really good right now. Did so. you get any? I didn't catch any walleyes, no. but More like I said, I was... Mainly after smallmouth, and so yeah, you got out. Was it last week out in the Missouri River? Yep, last week Thursday, I got out with uh, Brendan Lockwood from Chamberlain. There, we fished out of Chamberlain. 
met up with Craig Euler, who was uh, going to that celebrity uh, tournament up on oh, Lake okay. Thompson. Yeah, he was coming through, so we all kind of decided, hey, let's let's meet up there in Chamberlain and went for breakfast in the morning and uh, yeah, hit the water. I don't know, maybe nine thirty, ten o'clock, finally and. Yeah, we, we caught a lot of fish. There wasn't any real whoppers, but uh, caught a lot of fish. I think 46 between the three of us. I don't want to say who caught the most keepers, but I'll just go ahead and say it. Scott, the keeper, getter, Sturman. Uh, now, Craig, uh, Craig got one keeper. Brennan got one keeper. You know, we did a lot of trolling, and that's just not in my wheelhouse. And... and uh, you know, Brendan kind of knew where to bring us, and uh, yeah, we definitely got on fish. And uh, crazy thing is, when we're trolling, I'm catching fish like mad. We get up there and we start pitching jigs, and I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. It was bad. Like, it was bad. <laughs> I felt like a rookie out there. And old Oiler, heck, first cast, he's catching a smallmouth. Freaking Lockwood's getting smallmouth. They're both getting walleyes. I'm getting rocks, <laughs> losing jigs. It was, it was pretty bad. But Did you have the same size jig head on as them. Well, at first I had too little, and uh, I, I mean where we were fishing, it it dropped off fast, and uh, so then I put a bigger jig head size on, and uh, the main problem I'll give myself just a touch of credit. I was in the middle of the boat, and I couldn't I couldn't cast very well. Brendan was up on the front, and Euler was in the back, and Euler was giving me a lot of room. You know, he was kind of standing off to the side, but it was it was just kind of tough to fish three pitching jigs out the side like that. I couldn't cast very well, whatever, but the the catching or the snagging of jigs, that was just on me. I don't know what the hell was going on, but yeah, then whatever, we dropped, uh, we dropped Craig off. We got, me and Brendan went back out there. I ended up finally catching a couple, and Looked down at my arms and realized how sunburned I really was. And it was like, yeah, time to get off the water. So yeah, it was a great time. If you guys are looking to fish the Missouri River, uh, I think it's Dakota Prairie Guide Service. Um, and ask for Brennan Lockwood. He's a top-notch guide. Uh, he knows where the fish are, and this dude can catch them. I'm telling you that right now. And, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh that's, that's a good. It's a good area out there. I think. Don't think a lot of people realize the scenery along oh the Missouri River. Oh my gosh, it is so awesome. It really it's, is. It's I amazing. Mean, I mean, a it, lot of wildlife. Were the prairie chickens going, or were they? No, already? I. I don't think so. I don't. I'm sure. I bet you their mating season's over already. It's pretty funny. Pretty cool actually to see them up on the bank and they're doing their dance and oh, all yeah. that stuff, and they're all puffed up. Yeah, no, it's you know it's similar to like the Black Hills out there on some of those in some of those areas because right. I mean just the hills and the spruce trees I think it is and God it's just it's awesome and that's big water it's huge water <laughs> you know the the river's up so high you know we're going underneath the bridges there at Chamberlain Brennan's got her pegged at fifty and God that, that was just crazy going underneath them bridges it was it was fun it was a lot of fun like I said if you're out there. Get in touch with Brendan if you want to go fishing. He's definitely the guy. Yeah. I wonder, Craig, say which celebrity he was going to get a fish with because I know he wasn't a celebrity, <laughs> was he? <laughs> I don't think he was. I think they had some Minnesota Vikings players down, and I, I don't even know who it all was. I don't think that the fishing was fantastic. Uh, 
At least I didn't see any pictures. Didn't really hear a whole lot. He was sending a lot of text messages and pictures the next day, and he said, you can tell how good the fishing is. So, <laughs> you know, maybe somebody caught him, but I don't think... I don't think Craig had the juice that day, so... No, so then he had to head back out to the to hills with his tail between his legs. Yeah, that's good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of goes in hand-in-hand in hand with what we were going to... What we asked last week about the Mount Rushmore of fishing. Who's everybody's Mount Rushmore? Yep. We want to give a big thanks to everyone who did drop into the uh, comments and, and uh, gave us a vote. Um, had a lot, a lot of great fishermen named... But, you know, to narrow it down to four is it's tough. You know, when oh, people definitely. start talking about it, they're like, oh, you know, oh, I could tell you right now. And you start saying it, then it's like, well, they, well, this person, too. Well, well, this one, too, you know, so yep. it, it is tough just to come up with four. Come up with four just for the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of great sticks that have come out of the state of Minnesota. I mean, you know, it's Minnesota's thing, but. And, you know, the, just the how many great fishermen there are in those states that aren't necessarily also like in the tv side of it or the tackle part industry part of it yep i mean there's i mean there's a ton of great anglers that just yep don't get the recognition yep and in south dakota and north dakota i mean whatever but no uh after all the votes uh me and matt did not vote but the ones that we got off of facebook uh Came down to Al Lindner, uh, Gary Roach, Ted Takasaki, and Dave Gens. And me and Matt were talking about it, you know, before the show here. There's not one guy that I, you know, would say, no, he don't deserve to be on there. Oh, right, right. You know, there's other guys who I would say do deserve to be on there. But like we said, you know, got to narrow it down to four. And that's just not an easy deal. Uh you know, people like Jason Mitchell and... Uh, and the, and the uh, interesting thing about, we've talked about this with Jason Mitchell, you know, everybody is, you know, talks about Jason Mitchell, but everybody forgets that he took over for Tony Dean, Yep. who, you know, I'm sure if you asked him, he would definitely, that would probably be his top choice is Tony Dean, Yep. like right off the bat. Um, so a lot of our generation doesn't really know who Tony Dean is. We all know Jason Mitchell. So, I mean, that's all, you know, each generation has their top four. And yep. Some of them span across all the generations, but, yeah. When, and 50 years from now, there might be a complete, and I won't say a, a completely different list, but there might be another guy that, you know, we all want to throw on here. You know, some of these new up-and-coming guys, you know, uh, you know, guys that are in their middle age now that have had a big influence on the fishing industry in in the Midwest, you know, especially the walleye fishing here. Uh, yeah, could could very well be on that list. But, you know, these guys are all, I, I guess I won't say older, you know, but middle-aged to older. And, right. and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They're all, I mean, they've all been icons, you know. Definitely. You know, we'll start with Al Lindner, born in Chicago, Illinois, 1944. And, uh Ended up moving first to Cambridge, Wisconsin with his brother Ron and, and their families. And then ended up in Brainerd, Minnesota and uh, started the Lindy Tackle Company. I mean, if you're if you're into fishing at all, you know the Lindy rig. I mean, you know right. you know Lindy Tackle. And started uh, the Lindy Tackle Company, started in Fisherman. Uh, you know, they're, both him and his brother 
are, you know, every fishing hall of fame there is, I think they're in it. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of books, uh, you know, they're icons. And There's no doubt about it. And they just seem like down-to-earth guys. I've never had the opportunity to meet them or anything like that, but it seems like they go to a lot of these shows. Uh, a lot of times they do guest speaking at a lot of, like, marinas that are opening. And it just, yeah, they just seem like class acts. Yep, yeah, do a great job of promoting the sport in a, in a clean way in the Midwest. Oh, I, I read a deal a while back. Uh, I think it was Ron kind of had a problem with the drinking mm-hmm. and, you know, really hit rock bottom and, you know, battled back. Uh, you know, they both, uh, now that, uh, angling edge that they started now, yep. once they sold off in fishermen, you know, that's a lot more of a, a Christian based outdoors deal. But, you know, I, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's cool to see a guy that's seen it from both sides of the world. Yep. You know, I mean, yep. you, you're, you're at the highest of highs, you're at the lowest of lows, and you know now I I'd say that you could say they're right back at the highest of highs. I don't think they've skipped a beat, and no. you know still just as influential in the fishing world. I know I grew up watching them. I mean yep. I remember having some VHS tapes of the Linders. Uh, the thing I like about them is the fact that they don't just concentrate on one species of fish. They're they're guys that their shows are on everything. Yep. I mean from big bluegills to carp to you know walleyes to bass old muskies northerns they cover it all i mean there's nothing that they're too good for and it's all in this upper midwest they don't ever like seem like they go and they're down here doing this show or that they're all over the world it's just kind of a midwest thing but they're very well worldly known yep respected around the world yeah so i gotta ask you here matt do you think ron deserves to be on the list well, you know, the thing with, I, Ron just isn't as well known as Al. You know, before we started recording, you and I were talking about this, and you said that Ron, when they first started, was more like the camera guy, yep. and Al was the one in front. So, we all got to know Al. Yep. I mean, by watching the videos, even now when you go on there, you don't see a lot of Ron. Yep. So, that's... To me, that's why Al is on the list and Ron. I mean, Ron got votes, but that's why Al is on the Mount Rushmore Yep. and Ron's not. I mean... I wonder, I'd like to get him behind closed doors and say, you all right with that? You know, I think he would be. Yeah, I, I'm really, just happy to, you know, right, happy to be I along think, on the ride. And, yep. and, you know, both of them share the success. One of them is just in front of the camera. I'm sure that they're, like I said, they're both all in the Hall of Fame. Well, and now you know? all their kids are getting in there um i think they have some other relatives that are also on the show yep so yeah i you know very family based i think that's what i like about it i mean you and i both enjoy the outdoors with our brothers our siblings and our family and i think that's just something that really is uh, appeals to people is just how family oriented they are definitely it would be fun just to be able to sit down and talk with them sometime and just see their experiences and Anybody, I guarantee anybody that fishes out there has read an article by them, has watched a show or a YouTube clip with them, all of that stuff. If you're looking to learn techniques, do all this stuff, I guarantee you've watched something or read something from the lenders before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, tons of magazines. Like I said, he's he's co-authored 10 books. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm sure it's all very informative. I can't say that I've ever read any of his books, but I've never read any of his books either. But I'm not a big reader, so no. Yep. <laughs> so now I'm moving along. Uh, the next one up is Gary Roach, and you know, I mean, going into this, I truly did not know who Gary Roach was. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's a know. lot of people that really don't know who Gary Roach is. Just and again, that's a lot of that is because of he really wasn't on tv or have his own show so to say or anything like that he's he's more of a guy that's an article based guy yep yeah he born in uh mission lake minnesota uh known as mr walleye uh been in many magazines uh you know on tv within fisherman tv uh midwest outdoors adventures north designed a lot of baits uh for companies like pradco uh northland Pure Fishing, uh, has his own line of rods, the yeah. Mr. Walleye Rods, uh, National Fishing Fishing Hall of Fame, Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame, uh, won two stops on the uh, uh, Pro Walleye Tour. You know, he, yeah, I mean, when it comes to walleye fishing, I think he's kind of one of the yeah. authorities. Yeah, uh, yeah. You ask anybody, especially in the state of Minnesota, you know, they, yeah. Any walleye fisherman, who who's the guy? And most of them will say Gary Roach. Now here we talk about it again. A lot of people know his son Tony a little bit more now because I think Tony's on in depth outdoors. Oh, is he really? Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, he's a big guide, I think, up on Malax and stuff like that. He does a lot of ice fishing and a lot of the open water stuff. So I think more people, like more younger people, are kind of know who tony is but don't really know who gary is yeah gary's the one who started it all and and kind of paved the way huh no i i really i really got to say i enjoyed uh if you guys watching the video you can see here i got a notebook here and i just wrote down a couple talking points you know as i was researching these guys last night and it was a lot of fun i got to tell you you oh yeah it it was really cool like oh wow you know i mean just like I said, I, I I had heard of Al Lindner. I, I got to be honest, I hadn't watched a ton of his stuff. I probably read more of his articles than what I realized. Gary Roach was somebody who was almost foreign to me. Um, but yeah, moving along, uh, the next one up, Ted Takasaki. Being where we're from here in northwest Iowa, you hear of Ted Takasaki a lot. You know, we're at a Shields Fishing Expo, and Ted Takasaki's over there doing a skins it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, pro fishermen, I'm sure, you know, whatever. And, I mean, people don't realize, you know, that are just walking by that, you know, that's the dude, yeah, man. His like, accomplishments and yeah, his credentials you know, I mean, and he, stuff that's, like that. It's he, almost like a, a multi-time pro bowler. Or, yeah. You know, a Super Bowl champion standing there. You know, most people would be like, oh, my God, you know. Again, but, though, I... I I think it's because he's not on a TV show every Saturday morning. Right. You know, I mean, he's not Jason Mitchell. I, I can think just back to that ice expo that me and you went to up at Shields. Takasaki's over there in the skins at booth, and there's maybe one guy talking to him, and people, you know, are all crowding around Marcus Quam and and Jason Mitchell because they either watch In Depth Outdoors or they watch Jason Mitchell's show. You know, that dude over there is, you know, not, not taking anything away from those two, but, I mean... Uh, you know, Takasaki's a stick, man. Right, right. And, you know, all these guys on this list, I, the the thing about them is they they all seem to be like innovators of a certain technique. 
Yep. They all are like kind of have made different techniques popular. So to me, that kind of like gives somebody like the, you know, go out there and try to, you don't always have to do everything that everybody else does to catch fish. Yep. Go out there and don't be afraid to try things. Come up with things. I mean, you might all of a sudden wake up in the middle of the night and be like, man, I bet you this will work. Write it down or something like that. And the next time you're out, go give it a try. Yep. Next thing you know, you got the mat rig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's all of a sudden you, you find something that I catch them no matter what. Every time I go out, no matter what I do, I'm catching it on this. You start fishing a few tournaments or something like that. You win a couple tournaments or somebody else starts to realize it and yeah, give hey, you some credit hey dude, from what it. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You know. Next thing you know, you make some money off of it. Well, that's the thing. And you yeah. make something popular and it might open other doors and avenues and stuff like that to yep. get yourself known. Yep. But Takasaki, born in Chatsworth, Illinois, 1957. Um what I didn't realize about Takasaki is he had a very, very successful career in the computer field. Uh, computer programmer, uh, data analytics, and then uh, got into computer sales for Hewlett Packard. And uh, yeah, then ended up becoming the president of Lindy Fishing from 1999 to 2008. And then in 2008, he, I don't know if he retired or, or what, but decided, you know what, I'm going to do this fishing deal full time. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, did a lot of great things for Lindy, uh, as far as their revenue. I mean, I can't say that I personally know that, oh, wow, the tackle got so much better under his supervision. But, you know, when, when I started looking at, at the things that he's done on the professional walleye tour, you know, I mean, he's, you know, I, I can tell you right now, uh, in 1995, he won the professional walleye tour top gun angler award. Uh, 1998, uh, professional walleye tour classic champion. Uh, yeah, he qualified for the Midwest walleye circuit or the masters walleye circuit five times, professional walleye tour classic 11 times, FLW walleye classic seven times. I mean, he's an accomplished walleye fisherman and, and yeah, yeah, I, that, that was one that surprised me that, that he made it on the list. Just for the sole fact, because like I said, you know, we see them all the time at, at any, you know, ice expo up in Sioux Falls or, or any fishing expo. He's always there. You know, we went up to Minneapolis and we saw him, you know, but I, I think because I see him so often, I didn't realize with me not not being so familiar with the people on the list that, I mean, this is a guy right. who's who's at an elite level. And like I said earlier, I, th I think that's just cool about all these guys on this list is that they are out there. They're not like a ghost where you, you only you might see them once. Or, all these guys, you might you might or might have without realizing it, ran into them at the boat ramp. Yeah, for sure. And and I guarantee every one of them, if you ran into a boat ramp, you could probably have a easy five ten minute conversation with them and. It's not like they're going to be annoyed by it. Yep. My my coworker uh, up at LVO, his granddaughter was going to school up in Brookings. They were catching them off a dock, and Takasaki and some of his dudes were out there on the lake, noticed that they were catching them from shore, and ended up kind of coming up there and said, you know, like, hey, we're filming a TV show here. Uh, you know, you care if we kind of fish in this area? You know, realize that we're stealing your spot. We're real good about it. When it all got said and done, 
they invited them to one of the guy's house or, or some cabin or whatever up there in the Brookings area. Ended up giving them a free skins it and, you know, right. BSed with them, you know, for a while that evening. And, yeah, I, I have not talked to this granddaughter personally, but she said they were all great, great dudes. And, yeah, I think they all are. You know, yeah, I, I got yeah. a feeling that if you met them wherever, they'd just... Well, you don't get popular by being a dick. Ain't that the truth, though? I mean, you, you, you got to be nice to people. Yep. Yep. You treat people good, they'll treat you good. Yep. Next up, Dave Gens. Uh, if you're an ice fisherman and you've never heard of Dave Gens, you've been living under a rock. <laughs> but... uh this is the one that I, you know, definitely would have been the top of my list. I, I've always fished with clam stuff, and, you know, I just like ice fishing the best anyhow. You know, Dave Gens is, I mean, he's the man in my eyes. Oh, Godfather sure. of ice fishing. Uh, yeah, ended up ended up making the first ever portable ice shack. He, he revolutionized the way ice fishing is. Ice fishing wouldn't be as popular as it is today. If it wasn't for him. Right. A lot of these other companies wouldn't be around today if it wasn't for Dave Gens. Not only Clam, but everyone yep. that makes a portable shack wouldn't yep. be around. And and what he did, he had his wife Patsy sew up a, a you know, he, he came up with an idea for a portable fish house. Because before that, you either had a, por- a permanent shack. Or a box. Or you sat on a five-gallon pail. Or, or or a box, like fold-up suitcase type one where you had to set it up. And it took, it wasn't portable. It wasn't yep. real portable. It yep. was like... If you were going to move, and we've, we've all fished there before where it's like, okay, this is where we're setting up, and it's just like, oh, Cross man. Cross your fingers yeah, that you're like, going to be is, on them, yeah. This is where we're camping the rest. Otherwise, we got to take it all down, and we got to move to this spot. It's not, you couldn't just hop around. Yep, and and what he made is the sled-style uh, shack, you know, one that flips over from a sh- uh, sled, you can pack all your gear in that sled, pull it around, and you know I think Dave Gens was the first guy that that you know really introduced being mobile and mm-hmm. you know let, go find the school of fish, you know, because yeah, a lot of people like like I said, you know, like you were just saying, you get out to Miller's Bay on Okaboji, you pop a hole and you cross your fingers that you're on them, and if right. you're not, well, you know, we're gonna sit here anyways. Dave Gens, you know pioneered the the depth finder you know i mean the vexlar people weren't doing that i mean no. you dropped your jig down the down the hole and eh, i don't know i'd say about 14 foot you know and, and that's that's what it was and and you know he came up with you know using a depth finder down the same hole you know using a vexlar having a jig show up on a depth finder right you know Spotting a fish on a depth finder. It's fun listening to him talk about that the first time he ever put it down there. And it was just like, that's my lure right there. I can see it, you know. I mean, just his excitement about it. And then... It'd be insane. It it is. I I mean, mean, you think about it. It's, yeah, totally revolutionary. I mean... Can you imagine? I mean, if you've gone half your life drilling and praying that you're on them, and then all of a sudden you go out there and I'm sure you hand drill, mm-hmm. you know, 10 holes and you hop, actual hole hopping. I mean, you hole hop to find the fish and you had never done that before in your whole entire life. I mean, that would be absolutely insane. Like I think about your grandpa, you know, when we talked to him and they would chisel out a hole. You get done chiseling one <laughs> stinking hole through 25 inches of ice. You're done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not yeah, hole hopping. This is where we're fishing. 
you better believe it. I mean, oh man, that that's just crazy. But and, now, and now, like with like things like that, do you, you know? And now he he came up with that. Now you you sit there and it's just like, is this something that you want to keep to yourself, or is this something that you want to? I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword sometimes. It's like, you you can, I've got something here. I mean, if your goal is to, you know, to get into the business side of it, if not, it's kind of like, now you're just kind of like, okay, I'm going to keep this to myself. and You know, and I, I think me and you have talked about this, maybe not before on the show, but we've talked about it a ton just between us two. The best fishermen are the ones who are most eager to help other yeah. people out. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I got a feeling, well, A, with the fish shack, after he made one and a couple dudes are seeing him scoot around, you know, the St. Saint Cloud area, like, whoa, who's this cat with that thing? Like, that is sweet. I, I wonder what people were like when they saw it. They were probably like, who's this kid out here with this Camaro flying? Yeah. <laughs> it's like when, exactly. like, kid get, like when somebody gets a new sports car or something. Exactly. I don't know. But they said that they they made five of them the first year, 20 of them the second year, and 80 of them the third year. And his wife, Patsy, sewed them. But after that, I mean, they were just any cousins, you know, brothers, right. neighbors, anyone who would come over and help assemble fish shacks and ended up selling it to the Clam Corporation in 1992, sold the idea, and heck, now Clam, I mean, I don't know how many different kinds of shacks they have right. now, but... And, but it all comes from that basis of that first one that he made. That's... Imagine if Shark Tank would have been around back then. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, probably at the time, I guess in the state of Minnesota and whatnot, you know, ice fishing was popular, but it wasn't it wasn't what it is now. I mean, no. you know, they probably would have saw it and been like, golly, is anyone really going to be interested in that? I mean, it's exploded. Ice fishing well, has exploded. Right. And back then, a lot of people would have been, the way it was, is they're just like, why would you want to move around? Right. I mean, yep. like, what's the, point of, what's the point of this? Now people realize how important it is to be mobile when it comes to you ice fishing. You have to be. You have to be. Yep. I mean, it's like the first time somebody probably brought a four-wheeler <laughs> or something like that out there. It's probably like, what's that for? Yep. Then it's just like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. So, Or a snowmobile. And... Yep. But, no, man, all four definitely, I mean, absolute icons, innovators. For sure. I mean, whatever you want to say about them. But, I mean, they have really paved the way for, for Midwest fishing. And, you know, fishing in the United States and Canada, North America, the world. I mean, right. it, it, it doesn't end. I mean, these are legit dudes, you know, great ideas. Every single dude on this list, I mean, as I was reading through their bi- biographies and whatnot yesterday, I mean, these are smart dudes. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, smart beyond, you know, they're, they're great businessmen, uh, you know, just, just to come up with these ideas uh you know yeah i i don't know i don't need to say any more about them i mean if you can't tell from what we just said i mean whatever but i want to know matt if you could add one more guy to the list who would it be who who do you think deserves to be on that list for me it would probably be doug stangy doug stangy from you know the editor-in-chief of in fisherman magazine he was with the lenders for a long time 
um, his story. I just like his story just for the fact that, you know, he was a teacher and he'd spent all of his other time fishing from right around this area. Not right to here. mention we can throw a baseball to right. where he lived. Yeah. Uh, and just, I mean, he's a guy that's very popular. He's one that I've watched throughout the years. Uh, kind of grew up. That was my Saturday morning cartoons, watching the him on In Fisherman with Al Linder. And he'd probably be the one that I'd put on there. Yep. How about you? Well, I want to know, do you consider Michigan the Midwest? Yeah. It's got to be KVD. KVD? Yeah. I mean, anyone who knows fishing knows yeah. those initials. Right, for bass fishing. I mean, I, yeah, I, I realize he's strictly bass it's, fishing. It's, it's, crazy. it's crazy how more popular he is down south are well-known down south compared to up north. I mean, yeah, he is known. He is very well-known up north. But there might be some people that are just like, who's that? We're down south. I think everybody's like, oh, yeah, I know KVD is. He's the most famous bass fisherman oh, yeah, he's of all time. The most decorated, most, yeah, he would have to be on there. And And before he came to the scene, the professional bass fishing was a southern man's sport. And, right. and, you know, I mean, all of a sudden this dude from the north, from Michigan, shows up and just starts catching them. That darn and, Yankee. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? But, I mean, you know, he put northern fishermen, as far as bass goes, on the map. Oh, and, for sure. you know, paved the way for guys like Gussie and Fighter and, and yep. the Johnstons. And, yep. You know, I mean, they the guys down south knew that they had to respect the dudes from up north. And I, I don't know, I, I'd, I'd feel... He's, he's just such a well-known guy. I mean, walk into the Walmart and, you know, every single Strike King lure has a KVD initials on yeah. it. I mean, you know, when you're known simply as the initials, yeah. I mean, you know. When he's, yeah, when your initials are that popular. Then, he's, yeah. he's the guy, you know, when it comes to bass fishing. He's with MLF now. We won't get into that. So, I mean, he <laughs> did drop a little bit, but I, I would say it's got to be him or... You know, I've just really, I, I like Jason Mitchell. I think right now, to put him on Mount Rushmore, maybe it's just a little bit before his time. I think 25 years from now, I think our generation yeah. will be like, oh, man, Jason Mitchell, you know, he was the man. And, you know, just how nice of a guy he is. Yeah. How smart of a guy when it comes to fishing. I just like watching the way he talks, and he's so matter-of-fact, and, you know, it, it just, I don't know, he's... I think he's a killer cool guy. You know, he's got his own line of ice shacks now, his own line of rods. You know, you know Jason Mitchell's kind of the dog right now. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I would say it's got to be those two. I think, you know, we could throw a lot more guys in that mix. Uh, um, Babe Winkleman got a lot of, you yep. know, notoriety. Um, I feel yeah. bad for Ron Lindner, you know, <laughs> that he's not on the list. You know, like I said to Matt beforehand, you know, the lead guitarist is just as important as the lead singer, you know. I mean, that's right. You know, the wide receiver that that catches, you know, four touchdowns in the Super Bowl is just as important as the quarterback that threw it to him. You know, the offensive line is important. You know, you know he. I respect him that he was, you know, willing to. You know what? I'm going to get behind the camera and I'm going to make this happen. And you know, Al got Al got all the the limelight, but you know, Ron. Ron was probably just as as important. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think we could sit here and go oh, on yeah. about this forever. But 
I don't know. I, I still think as far as who my guy would be, it'd probably be KVD just because I feel he's got to be top five most famous fisherman oh, yeah. in, it, it in the world. And no matter what, when he pulls up to any tournament or anything like that, he's still a favorite to win no matter what. I mean, when it comes to fantasy fishing and all that stuff, if he's at the tournament, he's still going to have a majority of the votes. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. I guess that's about that. Unless you got something else you want to dip into right here at the end. Uh, if you got, if you're in fantasy bass fishing, get in, get your lineup set for this weekend. Start tomorrow, Lake Gunnersville. So make sure you're getting on there and getting those set up. Uh, should be a good tournament. Yep. You never know what you're going to get at Gunnersville. It could either be they could find huge fish on the ledges and catch a 30-pound bag, or it could be another grind-out tournament. It's, it's kind of always kind of tough to tell down there. Yep. Now, this is going to go tomorrow, and they don't start until third or Friday this Is this, this one a Friday? Is it only a three-day, or are they doing a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday deal? Set them tonight just in case. Yeah, set them tonight. On Wednesday. I was going to ask you who you were going to pick, but... I haven't looked yet. Just just for the sole fact that Dan and Jeremy will probably listen to this one tomorrow morning at work and probably just copy, just copy you. We're not gonna let copy them. both of us. How, how much weight do you think it's gonna take? I'll tell you. I'll tell you who I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Brandon Polinick, KBD, uh, Jacob Wheeler, Mark David, Mark Daniels, that Joey Tacarante, and Dusty Ramsey. No, pick that Joey Tacarante. Joey Tacarante. Did you see that? Uh. Uh-uh. Got disqualified. Oh, did he? Yeah. Was he getting information before a tournament? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that so, happens. So apparently there's, and it's not an apparently. Uh, I believe it's like 28 days before a tournament, you can no longer ask for any information. Right. So when the Elite Series uh, put out that they were uh, going to be going to Gunnersville, way back when, you know, months ago, he put a deal on Facebook. Writing, you know, hey, we're going to Gunnersville. I don't know the lake. Uh, you know, can anybody help me out? And a bunch of these dudes from the FLW had had just gone there and and fished it. So a couple FLW guys were giving him information. A couple local dudes were giving him information. Well, somebody and I don't know who gave him some waypoints and whatever, whatever. I don't know how long ago it was. I think. I don't know about, well, I think it was like on May 21st or something like that. He put a Facebook post out asking for those waypoints again. Like, hey, whoever gave me those waypoints, can you drop them back to me again? Whatever. Well, at that point in time, he's within the 28 days <laughs> of the tournament. And and I guess he kind of said, you know, hey, I had this information before. I lost it. You know, whatever. But... Obviously, Bass wasn't having it. No. I mean, you, you got to give it to the guy. There's no way he's going to purposely cheat on well, and Facebook. It, and it's not like it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, cheating, it's not, I guess, I don't know if you consider it cheating as much as breaking the rules. Right. That's, the, that's just a violation of the rules. You messed up. I mean, it's not like... I've been seeing some stuff on Facebook lately up in North Dakota where people are taking wired dog kennels. A lot of people have been finding wired dog kennels in the lakes because people have been going out there and putting walleyes in there 
and sinking them for the tournaments and then Shut tournament it day, down. You'd be surprised at how much that happens. Unbelievable. Yep. You would be surprised at how much that happens in tournament fishing. And that's that why is, we can't have is, nice things. And there's people out there that winning is so important to them that they're willing to do stuff like that. I mean, that. I mean, what is that? Oh, don't even get me started there, there on those need, type of You people. know what we need to do? We need to come up with a list, an actual list where all tournaments buy into this list. If you get caught cheating in a tournament, you get put on the list, and you're done for life. Yeah, no tournaments done. ever anywhere. You can never enter a tournament again. I don't care how sorry you are. I don't care how young you were when you did it. Yeah. I mean, because, cause, well, I mean, depending on what kind of tournament was it was and what kind of money was on the line, I mean, you can do some pretty serious jail time over yeah. over something like that, but what a bunch of dirt bags. That's it. <sighs> that, that's then a nice that. way of putting it. Well, I but mean, yeah, that's kind on. of the thing that's going around is that, that people have been doing that. Uh, yep. All right. Well, got to catch your own fish. Got to do it fair. That's I mean, the that's the fun part about tournament fishing. Don't be going out there and doing all that cheating garbage. Can you show up to a weigh-in and look the other anglers in that's the eyes I, I and, mean, and take a check, yeah. knowing that you people like that can. They don't yeah. care. They don't care. They just are concerned about one thing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's before cool. before we go. I got to give a shout out to the guys at the Casting Deck podcast because their rafters won the NBA championship. As much as I hate seeing a championship go out of the country and over the border to Canada, congratulations to those guys. You got your one. It'll never yeah. happen again. That's it. They don't care. They I, just they just want that one. I was going for the Raptors. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. So you. There ain't no you, way I'm going for Golden State. <laughs> no way. No way. Most people are as bad as people that sink dog kennels. (laughs) All right, with that, we're out of here. See ya.